What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-hosts, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Pacholke, and of course, co-host producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to rate and review the show. That really helps us out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow all of us as well at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pachulki, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, Tyler is back, but unfortunately, Jacob couldn't make it for this one. Since we didn't get the football last night because of our interview with Gary, the real sign guy Zellman, to celebrate the Lakers winning the NBA championship, Tyler and I wanted to make sure we covered our preview for week six in the NFL. And Tyler will also share his thoughts on the Lakers winning the NBA championship. All this and more on episode 164 of the TSK show coming up right now. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 164 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Joining me, we missed him last night, but he's back. The one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Pachelki. Tyler, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? Doing good, man. Feels good to be in the Northwest. Get some uh, get some cool, clean air. You know, filter out my L.A. lungs a little bit. <laughs> uh, so, Jacob, unfortunately, couldn't make it for this episode, but that's okay because uh, he was here last night for episode 163 when Tyler couldn't make it. But now Tyler is here for 164 when Jacob couldn't make it. So we're doing a swap. We're running it back like old times uh, because we we didn't cover football last night with Gary, the real sign guy, Zellman. But before we get into Tyler's thoughts on the Lakers, we have to remind you about our friends who make probably the best coffee ever. This episode of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by Campus Point Coffee. Campus Point Coffee was founded in 2019 by former UC Santa Barbara students, but due to the pandemic, they had to go strictly online. TSK Show listeners will get 15% off their purchase from campuspointcoffee.com by entering promo code TSK Show. That's promo code TSK Show for 15% off from campuspointcoffee.com. And Campus Point Coffee has a variety variety of different roasts to choose from. Even if coffee isn't your thing, they have plenty of other merch like mugs, tumblers, t-shirts, and even a tote bag on campuspointcoffee.com. And my dad let me know he's been getting pretty low on the Deltopia medium roast, so it's looking like it's time to order him another batch. So support us while supporting a company that makes probably the best coffee ever in addition to helping save the beaches at the same time. Campus Point Coffee takes a portion of their profits and organizes their own beach cleanups as well. So if you're a coffee lover or you want to rock some cool merch while helping save the beaches, at the same time, just enter promo code TSK Show at checkout for 15% off your purchase from Campus Point Coffee 
campuspointcoffee.com. That's promo code TSK show for 15% off your purchase at campuspointcoffee.com. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Three seconds at midcourt. Final seconds. Brian for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? So last night on the TSK show, we released episode 163. If you haven't gone and checked that out, you definitely should. We had Gary, the real sign guy, Zellman on. He is probably the biggest non-celebrity Laker fan that that I know of, at least. And uh, it was a really great interview. So you guys should check it out. Unfortunately, Tyler couldn't be there for it. So... I thought we would kick off tonight's episode with being able to get Tyler's thoughts on the NBA championship. So, Tyler, uh, what were you doing Sunday night? Where did you watch it? How did you celebrate? What What was going through your mind on Sunday night? Well, it was a busy night for me. Uh, we were rocking, when I say we, talking about our good friends Corey and Brett, uh, we were rocking two TV setup. Um we had Lake Show on one TV, and we had the Seahawks playing a just uh, a heart attack worthy game against the Minnesota Vikings. So it was a lot of fun. There was a lot going on. Um, ultimately, I think that uh, you know it ended kind of how I thought it would. Honestly, I didn't even see a second of that Seahawks game. I had no idea what was going on. I didn't even see the DK touchdown until. Uh, Monday morning, but uh, I mean, well, luckily, luckily the sports gods had our back. And the first, I mean, the first 40, 45 minutes of gameplay were just awful. So boring. It was a defensive battle. There wasn't a lot of what happened, Tyler. You're Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. Tyler. What's that? Uh, you sounded, I you like sounded really far away from the microphone on your phone. I don't know what just happened. We couldn't really hear any of that. Oh, sorry. It just, uh, it's, I'm on my headset, so it must have just switched, switched off the headset. Where did you leave me? Where'd you lose me? Oh, gee, uh, talking just about the when sport. we were talking about the Seahawks game and the the Laker game, and yeah, just the uh, sports gods first- being on your side. Yeah, the sports gods be on my side because the first like forty minutes of gameplay from the NFL were horrible. It was like a defensive battle. There wasn't a lot going on, so most of my attention was on the basketball game. Although the basketball game wasn't much of a better scoring <laughs> spread, um, it was much more I mean, relaxing. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think that Game Six was what most people thought Game Five was going to be. Uh, they they took care of business. They handled it like they should. Um, and ultimately, I mean, you know, before the season started, I know we all, you know, we're kind of a Laker, Lakers show, but, uh, before the season started, I thought Lakers would win it just with Braun and Ant Davis, uh, before the final started, I had Lakers in six over the heat. 
So I felt pretty good about that. Um, although it was a different, I feel like this was a different six games than what people thought. It was more impressive. It's a more impressive six game series than it looks like just purely because of uh, that game three roster um, that the Miami Heat had. They battled through injuries with Dragic and Bam. Um, you know, before the series started, I didn't know Dragic and Bam would be out. So picking them in six was a little easier to do. Uh, the fact that they got to six games with all those injuries, I mean, I think it just speaks volumes on Miami. Yeah, totally. Um, you got to give credit to the Heat organization for what they did. But well, I'm, well, you got, you know, before we we move on to the chance, it's like I think that it reminds me of the Batman scene, uh, Batman versus Superman, and Batman asked Superman if you bleed, and I feel like Miami was kind of the Batman of this scenario, fighting Superman. Um, and they got him to bleed, and they show, and they rang the bell, and the whole world, you know, didn't really expect uh, the Lakers to, to not handle business in that fifth game, or even sweep them with it when they they found the injury. So my point being is, I think that what hap- what what happened is uh, Miami became a extremely attractive destination for free agents to try to, to as team if up they, with as them if they take- weren't already with South Beach. Yeah, and, and so they just took it to another level basketball-wise. Um, and the same goes with the Lakers. I think that now they have to get a third piece. I think that they're the early favorites to repeat for sure, you know, to the top five players in the league, maybe the top two. Um, but they, you know, they got it. I think that they have to add some pieces, and they showed some weaknesses. Miami took advantage of some spots that uh, LA is going to have to address in the, in the offseason. Um, but ultimately, LeBron and Ant are just too good. Um, they're too dominant, and they got to be the they got to be the early favorites now. They got to be knocked off the the mountaintop. And truly, I think that they're poised for a three peat. I think that the Ooh, way that all the talking stuff, spicy uh, already. I think that the way the roster set up, the money, um, Ant's surely going to resign and restructure his deal. Yep. Um, and I just I think that they're going to be able to get a third piece in there, whether it be this offseason or next, whether it be a Zach Levine, a Brad Beal. Um, there's a there's a ton of, or or they you know they get a number of valuable role players rather than one big name like guy, you know. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, I think that this team is poised to win three in a row, and and I think that that ultimately has got to be what Braun, his comments about watching the Michael Jordan last last dance i think that this has got to be that last thing off the checklist he didn't repeat uh michael repeated he did the he did the whole finals mvp in three cities no one had done that i think that that's his number one argument in the goat in the goat debate uh and now if he can if he could repeat it he'll tie up michael jordan with six he'll get one more than magic and kobe uh he'll bring a repeat to la like kobe and shaq did so uh, I look for the Lakers, barring an injury on Braun and Braun or Ant, to to be set for a three-peat. I, I mean, that's uh, you don't have to convince me of any of this. I mean, that that was music to my ears. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be pretty easy. You know, you're gonna get you're gonna get some seven-footers that can play. Uh, maybe you know, just like Javale and Dwight. Maybe Boogie comes back. Off. Yeah, you're you're gonna. Um, you you got to add some talent though. They they scraped by with the with LeBron and Ant's just dominance. I think that they this is not a great. I mean, I think that Kobe and Shaq's supporting cast were better than this 
supporting cast. Um, so I think that, you know, Danny Green, I think, was kind of a disappointment as far as his finals play. Um, I think KCP actually stepped up into the role that I thought Danny Green would play. Just due to Danny Green's finals experience, honestly, um, it was a little disappointing. This, you know, he's also got a national championship in college, so he has that experience and that pedigree. But uh, KCP really stepped up, and uh, I think that you know he played a lot better than I thought he was going to. Um, you know, Rondo would be nice to bring back. I think that just his leadership with Ron is is something that no other locker room has. Let's, uh, but I let's do, stick on I Rondo do. for a second, Tyler. I wanted I yep. wanted to talk about Rondo and LeBron's relationship because that's a that's a wild storyline. I mean, there's a picture on the yeah. internet of Rondo posing with a woman at a restaurant and a T-shirt that's Boston Celtic green that says LeBron is a bitch, and now LeBron James and Rajon Rondo just won an NBA championship together on the Los Angeles Lakers, and I mean. LeBron's rivalry with the Celtics back when he was with the Cavs and with the Heat, it's, I mean, that relationship is very interesting. And the fact that they were able to come together and really form a brotherhood, I, there was a clip I saw on the internet that uh, one of my friends, Austin, who actually does all the the instrumental bumpers for the sounders that we have on the show, shout out my guy Rap Bomb, uh, he pointed out a video that, LeBron and Rondo shared a, a big hug after one play. I can't remember which play in the finals, but he was like, why is that so significant that someone would point that out? And then I had to explain to him the history of Rondo and LeBron's relationship and, and that rivalry and how it's come full circle now. So I thought that was just a fascinating storyline, like underlying storyline. It's 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 uh it's just Rondo's personality, you know. I don't think it was ever personal. Uh, he's the reason I the thing I always loved about Rondo, even when I didn't necessarily praise him as a player, um, was that he's a me against the world type of guy. He's a he's the guy that all these old heads want to see. You know, fuck the other team. It's all about it's all about us versus everybody else. I'm not going to be friends with these guys that are on other teams. I'm not going to be, you know, doing all, all the, you know, the Dwight Howard banana boat. Uh, he wasn't that personality. I, I think Russell Westbrook is another one of those guys where these guys are competitors to and the highest degree. What's interesting is Gary Zellman, the real sign guy last night, was saying how when I brought up Dwight Howard and Rajon Rondo and that whole storyline of them being arch enemies of, Laker, of the Lakers fan base and them that whole story of coming full circle, yeah, and I think it guys, just is their respect guys that, thing, you know. What? I think it's a respect thing with, yeah, with and, LeBron. And, and Gary was saying that know. those are guys you hate when they're your opponent, but you would love to have them on your team. And I was, and he was like, "Those are Meta World Peace." And I said, "Matt Barnes, kind of guys from Lakers past." That's funny. Yeah. So that's exactly where I was going with this. Was it's it's just like Kobe and Meta and Matt Barnes. Yep. It's, it's those are the guys you want on your team, you know, when you're competing because they're com competitors. You're not going to take it personal. Um, they have the same goal in mind, and that's winning championships, especially Dwight not having one. Rondo, uh, I think, is just trying to cement his legacy and continue on his, you know, because he had such a weird middle of the middle of his career. He didn't. He hasn't played well in the regular season the last couple of years. So I think Rondo's always kind of got a chip on his shoulder. 
and trying to, you know, prove the haters wrong because he's a playmaker. He's not going to show up in the st- uh, in the stats. He doesn't necessarily care about the regular season. He's a he's a great. <laughs> he sure showed that this year. Yeah, and and that's 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 Rondo. I mean, that's what you're going to get. I think that that's why he's perfect as a backup guard uh, with a LeBron because it's more about his playmaking, his leadership. You know, every time I hear about practice and film rooms, it's Braun and Rondo. It's not just LeBron. Um, but, and, you know, it's ultimately I don't think that the franchise thing is, is so important to these guys. You know, I think that these guys are more loyal to the teammates and winning. They don't necessarily care about the name on the front of the jersey as much as they used to. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like, I mean, I think that this is a funny time for Laker fans, for Celtics fans, for LeBron fans, because all these people were pointed against each other 10 years ago. It was, you're either a LeBron guy, a Kobe guy, or a Boston guy for the most part. I mean, that, that covered about two thirds of all NBA fans. Yeah. Um, and so for them to all kind of be smushed into one, you had a Dwight Howard too. Uh, this really was a team that was like, they bought in to chase a ring with LeBron and they, and they played their roles. And that's why ultimately they're unstoppable when, when you have star players and getting everybody to play their role. Yeah. Now I got some, uh, I got some pretty cool facts that the Lakers PR department uh, put out after winning the championship Sunday night. I, I, I kind of wanted to go through them with you just because I thought these were just, some of these were just fascinating. So obviously this was the Lakers' 17th championship for the franchise. It was the first championship in 10 years since Kobe Bryant's last title in 2010 versus the Boston Celtics. Since 1980, the Lakers have won 11 championships, the same number of championships that the rest of the Western Conference has won combined. The Lakers have won a championship to start four of the last five decades they won in 1980, 2000, 2010, and now 2020. LeBron James and Anthony Davis became the first pair of teammates in NBA history to average 25 points per game and shoot at least 50% from the field in a single postseason and the fourth duo to do so in the NBA Finals. They're also the first pair of teammates since Shaq and Kobe to finish first and second in the postseason total or first and second in postseason total points scored. And then the Lakers made 84 three-pointers in the NBA Finals, and that was the most ever beating the previous record held by last year's Golden State Warriors, who made 76. And then we just got done talking a lot about this guy, Rajon Rondo. He had a total of 105 assists in the postseason, which was the most assists for a player coming off the bench in the playoffs. And Rondo also joined Clyde Lavellet as the only player in NBA history to win an NBA championship with both the Lakers and the Celtics. Clyde Lavellet won with the Minneapolis Lakers, so Rondo is the first player to do it since the team moved to Los Angeles. And the team went 57-0 and this season when leading going into the fourth quarter. That has never been done before in NBA history. And then as a whole for the NBA, including game six of the NBA finals, the NBA played 172 games over three months in the bubble and had zero, zero positive COVID-19 cases in the bubble. So hats off to Adam Silver for that and everybody from the NBA 
NBA Players Association for for all that they did to to put the bubble together and keep it safe for everybody. Um, Tyler, that was some yeah. some historic stuff that I was just listing off. What what are your thoughts as uh, I was reading that list? Well, first of all, I think yeah, Adam Silver and the whole entire staff at the bubble, like, I mean, just did something that nobody else in our country was able to do, and that was you know stick, make a plan with this COVID and stick to it, ac- execute it, and come out the other side all right. Uh, I mean, really, it's just that's insane to have zero zero cases we've seen what's happened with the mlb then the, the nfl uh they've had they've had issues uh nba you know continues in my mind to be just the the example for pros no tyler As you stop. tyler i think like the three-pointer stat tyler i lost you i'm sorry I don't know why why it keeps I don't know why it keeps doing that. It's all good. We lost you, we lost you at you saying basically that the league is the most progressive league in in all of sports. Yeah, they're 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 the they're the example. They're the top dogs. I think they continue to be the best um, as far as the stats go. As you say, you know, three point records. I think those are just going to be consistent, constantly broken. Um, you know, so that that says I think that that says more towards just the game rather than the Lakers. Because I don't necessarily think that this is the you know one of the greater three point shooting teams ever. Yeah. Uh, but it truly was one of the dominant dynamic duos winning championships, uh, similar to Chicago uh, with Mike and Scotty. We were and, talking about Kobe and Shaq type stuff that LeBron and AD were and doing Co- after the yeah. first two games. Yeah, Kobe and Shaq. So those are kind of like, you know, we've seen super teams win. We've seen these gritty teams win. Uh, but it's you know. These, when you get to these dynamic duos, it's just uh, uh, we get the right ones. It's, it's tough to stop. It doesn't matter who the other guys are because they're going to set their team up for success. Uh, so all those, you know, 50% shooting, averaging 25 plus. I mean, that's just those are monster numbers. You, if you run inside the finals, you're going to have a tough time beating them, no matter who you are. Uh, but I mean, ultimately, you know. This was just a this was a weird playoff run. I mean, it was one for the ages. There's never been anything like this. Uh, I'm glad that it, I'm glad that it worked out um, okay and everybody's healthy uh, because obviously we were pretty vocal about it not happening. So yeah. it was nice to it was nice that it happened and, and nothing you know terribly wrong uh, happened. So that was good. Um, but before we move on, I do want to say one thing about. Uh, about the Lake Show that I was disappointed in, and that was the Game Five uh, Kobe jerseys. Yeah, I think that, that was a mo- I think that, that was a monumental mistake. I understand the thinking, you know. I understand, you know. I think that they probably weren't thinking with clarity. You know, you you're so excited, you've got this team down three one, you're going to close them out. But I think that that was the most non Kobe move you could have done because I felt like. You know, their whole thing was jobs not finished, jobs not finished. You know, they wanted to take it serious until they got that fourth win, and I felt like they stopped one game short. Uh, and, and you know, they switched to these jerseys that mean something to them, but they had a regular schedule with them. They had them scheduled for game seven. If it doesn't work out in those jerseys, you know, it doesn't work out. But they forced it uh, to game five, which basically I think told the Heath that they thought they didn't even have to play. 
They just need to show up in these Kobe jerseys and they were going to be champs at the end of the night. And that's not Kobe's attitude, I believe. Uh, and I think it gave Miami a little extra motivation to beat them when they For came sure. out in those jerseys. Um, so, and and then they weren't able to close them out in those jerseys, uh, which they wouldn't have before, but now it's kind of like you tried to close them out. Now those jerseys are kind of, you know, you got a loss. You were undefeated in them before. Uh, it just, it was disappointing to see. I can't, I couldn't believe that they, that they did that. Uh, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have done it. I, I, I can believe why they did it, but ultimately I think it's what lost in game five and, made them have to play a game six yeah i think like it it's okay for fans to think it's over before it's it's the game started but for for the team to to come into the game like that it's it's completely different it's not gonna it's not gonna turn out well for for a team that's coming in with that type of attitude and you were really the the first person to to put that idea in my in my mind and that that sort of thinking because that that's what I mentioned last night when I asked uh the real sign guy about that game five and what his thoughts were about it and and I said it's it it gave Miami that extra motivation but then in turn the Lakers losing and them now having a loss in those jerseys is what motivated them to really come out and dominate in game six and really take care of business and finish that job which is you know, it's just, it was a game late, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's too bad. It, you know, they, they got the job done. Uh, but ultimately I don't, you know, I think that they, they didn't want to disappoint in those jerseys. And I think, you know, I don't think Kobe's disappointed by any means. I'm not trying to no. say that. I'm just saying, I think that that was uh, a very non Kobe jobs, not finished uh, move because it tells me that they thought the job was finished all they had to do was show up in these jerseys and they get a title, which wasn't the case. Yeah, totally. But uh, you got any you got any last thoughts on the Lakers winning their 17th championship before we move on besides uh, game five and how much they disappointed you in that? Because I got very drunk after that game and I'd rather not think about it. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> Lake Show tied, tied it up with Boston. I think, you know, uh, I, I can't remember if it was Wilbon, but – you know, you talked about when Magic was drafted, the count was, I think it was like, uh, let me think here. How many, Boston won three in the 80s, right? Yeah, but no, it's so from 1980, that was the first year Magic Johnson won the championship. The Lakers won 11 championships. I don't know exactly how well, many. Well, the, well, yeah, so it was, I, th- I believe Boston's, it was like, Boston's only won one since 1986. Yeah. Well, so I think that when Magic was drafted, what Wilbaugh was saying was when Magic was drafted, um, I'm pretty sure Boston had 13 championships and, and the Lakers had five. And so it was like, you know, the, like I, I want to believe that in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, nobody thought that like Boston, A, was going to stop winning and B, anyone would ever catch them in titles. Especially when they were beating uh, and, the Lakers every year. Yeah, yep, and it was just, yeah, I mean, they had a stranglehold on the league, and they had such a huge, I mean, you know, 13 to 5. I mean, eight championship had started as big time. So, for the Lakers to tie it up, they're truly one of the, the great dynasties in American sports. I mean, they already were before, but uh, now they're knocking on the door of, of, you know, replacing Boston as the most titles in the NBA, which I think to 
you know, NBA history is pretty wild. Uh, 18's on the way. Yep. But all right, let's uh let's hit the gridiron. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here so I won't get fired. Great cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson. Toward the end zone. The hold is down. The kick clears the line. And Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl. Are you all right i almost thought about cutting out that music early because my phone got a notification as we started that music Le'Veon bell just signed with the kansas city chiefs tyler your instant reaction oh boy we're we're all in trouble now. Also, I feel I, I feel bad for anybody that took Clyde Edwards in the first round. Yeah, there goes his job. Well, I mean, he's he's going to be. I, well, first of all, it'll take Le'Veon a while, you know, to get into his full role with them. But Clyde will definitely be there for for some receiving downs uh, and some third downs. Uh, still, I believe so. This will be valuable. Just, I mean, that's just another another weapon for those guys. Uh, that was, uh, I was afraid of this happening. So was I, very much so. And uh, my friend Corey Holbert, who we still need to get on, we've been meaning to get him on for ages now since we've we've started the TSK show. Uh, we got to get him on soon. But he gave me a heads up a couple days ago that, or basically the day after Le'Veon got released, he was like, he's going to the Chiefs. And I'm like, whoa, wait a second, what? And he was like, yeah, I have a feeling it's going to happen. And he called it, nailed it. So bravo, Corey, bravo. It's, it, it's, it's crazy how the NFL works and, and how much harder it is to trade players um, than it is like the NBA per se. It's, you, you just think like, man, the Jets letting Kansas City have him for nothing is crazy, you know, like. You couldn't get a sixth or seventh rounder out of some bad team, you know, and send him somewhere where he's not just they're just gonna dominate. Uh, that's that's gonna make Kansas City real tough. Yeah. If so, they if they weren't already, so but Le'Veon going to the Chiefs, I got him as my running back in two leagues, so that's a that's looking good yeah, for me. So anyone, yeah, I mean that's that's the other side of the coin is you got Le'Veon now all of a sudden you think he's a He's a lot more valuable in the fantasy world. So similar uh, to Fournette, I mean, we'll see. You know, Fournette's been slowly, uh, slow, a slow roll so far with Tampa Bay. I still think that ultimately, you know, those back eight games, he's going to be their first and second down runner. So we'll see if Le'Veon kind of has a slow start similar to Fournette, and they just they try to acclimate him slowly with the you know the weapons that they already got. Yeah. So all right, let's. Uh, quickly go over how we did in fantasy football. I mean, it's going to be real short and sweet for me. I went 0-3 in all three of my leagues. So uh, it was awful performances yeah, no. all around for me. So I got. I don't even want to talk about fantasy right now. It, my season's been so up and no. down. Yeah, that's fantasy, though. Uh, I, I, I had the same week, 0-3. I went from 3-0 to 0-3. 
but there were there were some close games. I was in a battle in our league, so uh, ultimately, I think the teams are looking all right. But it was definitely a tough week, and uh, lots of shifting around now. Yeah. So all, all right. the bye weeks are screwed up. Yeah, the bye weeks and the postponements are really a curveball in fantasy that's, football that nobody could have anticipated. No, it's making it fun now. It's, it's adding a whole other challenge. It's keeping us on our toes. So, yep. All right, why don't you take it away now for the TSK Show Power Rankings for Week 6 of the NFL. All right, so um, – this one I feel like was pretty easy there. I think that there's a lot of uh, – I think a lot of the top-end teams are, are already kind of separating themselves. we got a lot of a lot of four-and-ones, a lot of, under, you know, four undefeated left. So uh, the records, for the most part, kind of rank themselves. Um, but I'm going to start out at number 10 with the Tennessee Titans coming off the big-time victory uh, over Buffalo. They were – I think that was a really impressive win just due to – how they had to practice and their their preparation for this game, kind of getting moved around, thrown around, uh, had a bye week when they weren't expecting it. So uh, Tennessee, ultimately, I think that uh, they're at ten because I'm I'm still not necessarily in love with their passing attack. I think Derrick Henry is making it easy, uh, and Ryan Tannehill's threat to run is also um, making it a little easier for the passing game. But ultimately, I think so. Someone on that team you know, needs to step up as their prominent target guy. You know, A.J. Brown and, and, and Corey Davis have both kind of been banged up. So uh, we'll see how Tennessee progresses through the year. Uh, coming at number nine, I got the Los Angeles Rams. Coming off just a defensive, uh, just a defensive power showing. Juggernaut. Uh, held, held. Yeah, I mean, they were they were playing a struggling team, but they did what they needed to do. I don't think that uh, – I don't think that – uh, D.C. got even 150 yards of offense. So uh, the Rams defense is really showing uh, showing that it's the strength of this team. And, uh, you know, I think that Goff and McVay will continue to kind of find their stride on offense, continue to figure out what they're doing with the running backs. I, I still don't think that they're necessarily comfortable uh, with their rotation and, like, their touches. I think they're still trying to figure it out. Uh, but ultimately, I think the offense will will be finally tuned by the end of the year. Uh, coming in at number eight, I got my Cleveland Browns uh, sticking in the top ten for two weeks in a row at four and one. Um, I believe it's the first time they're four and one uh, since the nineties. Um, but I think Baker Mayfield's got the offense looking great. Miles Garrett, I think, is an early defensive player of the year candidate. Um, Behind Aaron Donald, I would definitely say Aaron Donald's the favorite right now. But Miles Garrett's just having a dominant defensive year. Their young DBs are stepping up, and you know the Browns are four and one, baby. Uh, they've got so many weapons on offense that uh, I like this team to to keep it rolling and press Pittsburgh and and uh, and Baltimore and just another stacked division AFC North. Um, coming in at number seven, I got the Buffalo Bills coming off a loss to a tough Tennessee team. Uh, they did. They, they are coming off of a loss, but I think Josh Allen. You know, like I said before, I think he's like the perfect quarterback for these guys. Their defense is amazing. Uh, the coaches are are really dialed in right now, and and Stephon Diggs has has basically not lost a stride with the Buffalo Bills. He's come in. He's one of the most prolific receivers in the league again, um, and it's I think it's really helping the Buffalo offense. Uh, coming in at number six, I got the New Orleans Saints at a at a three and two record. 
Um, New Orleans obviously kind of struggled this year. They're coming off of a close win over the Chargers. They've got two losses already. Uh, Drew Brees, I think, got, I, I don't want to say lost a step, but he's not necessarily the pro. I don't know if he's going to throw for 5,000 yards like he, he does every year. This is definitely Alvin Kamara's offense, I think, this year, especially with Michael Thomas being down. So, uh, Michael Thomas coming back soon with New Orleans. Uh, I think that they're going to step right back into that top five kind of tier team and balance off that offense a little more. Uh, and then coming into the top five, I've got uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh coming off the win against Philly, impressive win. Uh, ben, Big Ben is, is looking good. Their offense, you know, with all those receivers, you know, Chase Claypool having a monster career for a touchdown game just shows you that they've got even more weapons. And with this wide receiver crew in Pittsburgh, it's always the next man up. Um, Juju's taking all the coverage right now, similar to what Antonio Brown used to do. And now people like Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson earlier in the year are, are getting wide open and, and they're crushing people at 4-0. Uh, coming in at number four, I got another AFC North team, the Baltimore Ravens at 4-1, and one, coming off the big win against Cincy, a game that they needed to get. Um, Lamar Jackson, I think that uh, his struggles with, you know, the passing game and, and against the Blitz, I saw Orlovsky. Uh, broke it down that really the difference between this team this year and last year is last year they dominated against the Blitz. This year they're struggling against the Blitz. So, uh, you know, after hearing that kind of breakdown from a guy like Orlovsky, I feel like this Baltimore team is just a a tweak here and there away from arguably being the best team in football. Um, Coming in at number three, I got what a lot of people think could be the best team in football, and that's the Green Bay Packers uh, coming in at 4-0. Aaron's on the tear. He's, he's obviously got a great rhythm with LaFleur and this offense. Um, they're going to get Devontae Adams back anytime. Uh, and Green Bay, I think, is going to dominate this division. And they're going to be looking at home field advantage probably in the playoffs unless, you know, Seattle can keep what, up what they're doing and New Orleans can kind of storm back. Uh, then I'm going to make a quick switch due to the Le'Veon Bell move. Uh, coming at number two, I'm going to give to my dog, the Seahawks. Uh, second week in a row, I got the Seahawks at number two, five and zero. Oh. Um, you know, you got you always hear about the what? What? Who are the cardiac? Uh, what's the football team or the bat? For what? And I forget what sport, but they're called like cardiac something. Oh, um, but anyways, this is the heart attack. This is the heart attack Hawks because they cannot just win a game. They've got to. They've got to either come back from a big, you know, come back from a, a big, big lead or they got to win it in the last second. But the Seattle team keeps fighting the way to win. Russell Wilson's the obvious uh, MVP to me, especially at 5-0. and We got a bye week this week. Um, and, yeah, man, I think the Seahawks are, are got to be one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl this year. Their, their defense has given up a lot of stats. But ultimately, I think that the bend-o-break defense is going to be okay as long as our offense stays as prolific as it is. And then number one, I got to put the Kansas City Chiefs coming off the loss to the Raiders at 4-1, and one, picking up Lev Bell. Uh, this Kansas City team is just unreal stacked on offense. I don't know if I've ever seen an offense with this many weapons, even even like those Patriot teams in the 2000s. It's like, you know, Le'Veon Bell, Clyde Edwards-Hilar, Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, you know, God, I mean, it's just, uh, 
it's an amazing team, and, and their defense is playing really well. Honey Badger is one of my favorites. Um, and, and their defense really doesn't have to do too much. They hold their, they hold their opponents to under 25, and they're going to win the game. But that is my uh, top 10 for the week. All right. Why don't you uh, run it back 1 to 10 real quick? All right. So starting at number one, I got Kansas City. Then I'm going Seattle, Green Bay, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. Then I've got New Orleans, Buffalo, Cleveland, Los Angeles, Rams, and the Tennessee Titans. All right, and before we make our picks of the week, this segment of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by Jay Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539, or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 020 All right, Tyler. Week six, uh, real quick, I will let everybody know that Jacob, for week five, went 10 and four. He had a pretty solid week, and his overall record now is 53 and 24. So, Tyler, how did you do? I went, uh, what did you say, with 10, 10 and four? I was nine and five. Okay, so and I, was... I am sitting, I'm sitting at 52 and 25 for the year. Okay, so I was also nine and five, and I'm fifty-one and twenty-six. So Jacob went ten and four. He's in the lead overall at fifty-three and twenty-four. Tyler went nine and five. He's at fifty-two and twenty-five, and I went nine and five, and I'm at fifty-one and twenty-six in third place. So we're all pretty tight within a game of each other. It's it's pretty competitive, and we're all doing mm-hmm. pretty well on these picks. Yep, rolling. So, all right, the first matchup we got, no Thursday night game because that's why we're actually recording Thursday night. We don't normally do this, um, but we also had to get the football preview in uh, and get two episodes in this week, which is always pretty fun. But NFL week six, no Thursday night. We got Sunday night matchup between, well, not Sunday night. This is the Sunday slate of games. The first matchup we got, is the Houston Texans coming in at one and four. They're going to their division rival, the Tennessee Titans, coming in undefeated at four and zero. The Titans coming off their first win with interim coach Romeo Cornell. And then, like Tyler said in the power rankings, the number 10 team in the TSK show power rankings, the Titans coming off a big win over Buffalo after the long layoff from the COVID outbreak in their locker room and organization. No one really knew what they were going to look like, but they come came out and won the game. I got to go with Tennessee to win this game against Houston. They're rolling, man. It's unbelievable what they did Tuesday night against the Bills. Yeah, they've uh, they've taken on – I think that when you take on the personality of your head coach, uh, a lot of times that's when greatness happens. You know, you see – when you think of these – these story franchises, you typically think of a coach and then a play style, you know, the Pittsburgh's, uh, the Baltimore's, the new England, the new Orleans, you know, these, these, these teams take, take the personality of their coach. And then that's when stuff really starts. You're all bought in. You're all on the same page. That's when you can really uh, get everybody in position to do what they do best. And that's what I think Tennessee is doing with Rabel. Um, They're fighting people. They're beating people up. They're winning the line of scrimmage. Um, they're a hard-nosed running running the football team, and they got 
one of the best ball carriers in the league. And I think they got one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. Um, he's an athletic guy. He fits the, fits the offense perfect in Ryan Tannehill. Uh, so I got Tennessee winning against Houston. I think Houston is going to have a little bur- burst of energy with Romeo Cornell. Uh, just getting a new coach in there. The guys are going to be feeling good. Like they've got a little bit more of a voice, I think. Um, and uh, Houston could, you know, potentially win this game. But ultimately, I'm going to go with Tennessee. Yep, and uh, Jacob, he sent me his picks for all the games as well. Uh, He's on the Titans for this game as well. So moving on, the next matchup we got is the Cincinnati Bengals coming in at 1-3-1. They're going to Indianapolis to take on the Colts coming in at 3-2. I got the Colts winning this game, but I got to say, Phillip Rivers and the turnovers, that's got to be a concern for Indianapolis. That's just what you got to take with Philip Rivers. I mean, he's that's the kind of guy he is. He's going to force it. He's going to push it uh, because he's competitive and he thinks he's always in a game no matter what. Those are that's kind of the the double edged sword that is Philip Rivers. Uh, I like Indiana. Or Indiana. I like Indianapolis in this game as well. Uh, since he's looking good, I think they're going to have a they're they're building on the future finally, which is. They're not necessarily going to get a lot of wins this year, but at least they got something to be excited about with Burrow and, and these young receivers. They just got to make sure Burrow stays and, alive. Yep, you got to protect him. So, and this Indianapolis defense is is played really well this year. Um, but I think Indiana is just going to run the ball down their throat and and take care of the clock and win the game. Yeah, Jacob Jacob also has the Colts in this game. So moving on, we got the Atlanta Hawks coming in with win. Coming in winless, oh, I'm all tongue-tied. The Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks are playing this weekend. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, <laughs> they might. So they're supposed to travel to Minnesota to take on the one and four Vikings, but I, I just meant they're not the Hawks to the Falcons. But I feel you. Did I say the Atlanta Hawks? <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, oh, the Hawks are playing this weekend. <laughs> But I feel you. They got they they had to shut down their practice facilities today, so Trey Young might have to suit up for the Dirty Birds. Hey, you never know. But the Atlanta Falcons are winless. They're coming. They're supposed to go to Minnesota, but like Tyler said, and I've said, the practice facility got shut down. There is a COVID positive in their organization. But as of right now, the game is supposed to go on as played. Um, I got to go with Minnesota winning this game. I I know Atlanta fired their head coach, Dan Quinn, and their GM, and I know Houston won their first game after firing Bill O'Brien. But, I mean, if Julio doesn't play, it's it's kind of a, a no-brainer for me. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, it is a mess right now. Uh, especially, you know, COVID just adds on top of it, but – they're gonna. They're. They're. This is now a pivot year. You know, uh, their owner, uh, what's his name, Art. Uh, uh, um, not Art Marina. Arthur. Bl- Arthur Blank. Arthur Blank, I think, is you know, obviously unhappy with the franchise. Fired his GM and his coach, and I think Matt Ryan's on a hot street. So, on the hot seat. So, I mean, Matt Ryan's got to play really well. Or, you know, this Falcons team could just do a complete tear apart from the from the ground up. Um, so I think Minnesota is going to win the game really because they're not fighting as much adversity as the, uh, as the line of Falcons are right now. Yeah. 
So, uh, I mean, I, got yeah, I mean, the... because, because I, you know, I don't necessarily like the Vikings that much in this game, especially without Dalvin Cook. Yeah, but that's true. I think it's more so, it's more so just Atlanta. I think that they've got way too much going on right now. Um, and it's going to be just tough for them to pull together and get some wins this year. Yeah. Now, all right, the next matchup, or also Jacob is on the Vikings for that game. The next matchup we got is the Denver Broncos going to Foxborough to, to play the New England Patriots. Denver coming in at one and three. New England coming in at two and two. They were supposed to play last week. Their game got postponed because of COVID, because Stephon Gilmore tested positive after Cam Newton tested positive. And so it got moved to this week. Last week was their bye. Um, and now Denver is also dealing with Melvin Gordon getting arrested for DUI off the field. So I got New England winning this game no matter who's under center. Uh, I believe Cam Newton is supposed to come back to practice tomorrow or today. I can't remember. Um, I saw something that he was uh, cleared to to come back to the team. So it looks like he's produced a negative test for COVID. So that's a good sign. But, I mean – Denver, even with Drew Locke, supposed, he's supposed to come back this week, too. Um, I got Bill Belichick outsmarting Denver completely, so I, I got the Patriots in this game, and, and Jacob does as well. So, Tyler, who you got? Yeah, I got to go with the Patriots. Um, they're they're, uh, they're going to be okay. They're, they've obviously faced as much adversity as anybody in the NFL with all of the and, – and definitely the most COVID-related um, adversity – but I also think whoever's under center, uh, they're going to win the game, especially with no Melvin Gordon, no Phil Lindsay, uh, no Cortland Sutton, maybe no Drew Block. I mean, Denver is just decimated with injuries. Um, and and Melvin Gordon's unfortunate uh, DUI. But yeah. uh, the Patriots, man, I, really quick, I just want to say, I was, you know, I was so excited for Brian Hoyer to get a start in week uh, four, I think it was. Yeah. Um Man, I was disappointed to see his performance. Oh. You know, I think that the things that he did bad were the things I thought he would do well. And that's, you know, control the game, manage the game, you know, manage penalty, all that sloppy shit, you know, turnovers, penalties, you know, just unaware of down and distance and time. Um, those are all the things I thought that he would bring in that a Stidham wouldn't. You know, that's why you go with a Hoyer is because he's a vet and could do all those things. And, Quite frankly, he didn't, and it was really it was sad to watch his one chance, not his one chance, but his first chance at starting for the New England Patriots after all of these years, uh, and it went so bad. Yeah, it, it was really tough to see him uh, him go out like that, and they had to bring Stidham in, mm -hmm. and and everybody was yeah. like, oh, they should have just they, put Stidham in in the beginning. Yeah, well, and and I mean, it turns out they were right because you know Hoyer should should have known. I mean, he's the veteran tenure in the NFL. He's played with McDaniel's for six or seven of those ten years, and and he knows this offense like the back of his hand. He that is just no excuse for that stuff. Uh, it was just sloppy and, and disappointing. Yep. All right. The next matchup we got is the Washington football team. Or wait, Tyler, did you make you made you made the pick for that game, right? The Patriots. Yeah, New, yeah, New England. Okay. Yep. All right. Just making sure. Um, all right. The next matchup, the Washington football team. They're coming in at one and four, coming off the devastating loss to the Los Angeles Rams after Alex Smith 
came into the game when Kyle Allen ended up going, coming out of the game because he got hurt. Alex Smith making his debut after I believe I think it was like 600 plus days since playing his last football game, something like that. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was just short of two calendar years. Yeah, it was. I mean, just an unbelievable story and and i was really happy to see him out there even though he was going against the rams and he completed his first pass and that was a really cool moment um but the washington football team they're going to new york to take on the giants who are coming in at and five i'm going to say right now that jacob has the washington football team in this game but i have the new york giants getting their first win of the year i know they ended up having to play half a game where they didn't have to go up against dak prescott with the cowboys but I did think they showed some signs of life in that game even before Dak got hurt. So I think New York gets their first win of the year against the Washington football team on Sunday. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Giants as well. This is purely basically just a home team advantage. Um, I think that the Giants just got a little bit more going for them than, the, and then, than Washington does, but it's not much. Yeah, I mean, they have a better quarterback situation right now with uh, – Josh Daniels. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think that they've got, uh, you know, Devontae Freeman has looked productive in replacing Saquon Barkley. Now he's never going to replace him fully, but yeah. he's a capable back. They've got some capable receivers. It's just, uh, you know, let's see if they can stop anybody. Yep. All right, the next matchup we got is the Baltimore Ravens, the number four team in the TSK Show Power Rankings. They are going to Philly to take on the Eagles. Baltimore is four and one. Philly is one three and one. I got Baltimore winning this game. They're a much better team all around. Uh, Philly has obviously had an up and down year, but I mean, the NFC East is still wide open, so I don't think it is that big of a deal if they lose this game. Yeah, I, I mean, I got I got Baltimore. Um... We're talking Baltimore, Philly, right? Yes. I got Baltimore. I got Baltimore coming in, um, getting the dub. Philly, I think. Man, I don't know. It's it's. I'm not a big Wentz guy, and it's it's just. I don't know if he's he's got the juice anymore. I like that they're getting Jalen Hurts in there a little more. Uh, this Philly team, though, I'm just I'm always scared to to pick against them because I know at any time during this year they're going to turn it on. They're going to get a couple wins in a row. Uh, Doug Peterson's a good good coach, and um, you know they've got they've got some pieces there still. But I like I think Baltimore is about to hit their stride here. Yep. All right. Uh, Jacob's also on Baltimore for that, so we all are in agreement for Baltimore versus Philly. The next matchup we got is the number eight team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the Cleveland Browns coming in at four and one. I can't believe I'm. I can't believe I'm saying the Cleveland Browns are four and one and they're the number eight team in the TSK show power rankings. That's I, that's, I don't think that's ever happened in TSK show history, Tyler. No, I think I might've squeezed them in there one time <laughs> long, long time ago, but that was probably a preseason type of deal. Yeah, maybe, but they're going to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers, the number five team in the TSK show power rankings, the Steelers coming in undefeated at four and zero. Obviously, they had the monster game from Chase Claypool, the wide receiver for the Steelers. And Ben Roethlisberger is looking great coming back from injury after missing most of the year last year. 
I think Pittsburgh is going to win this game. It's a rivalry game. It's a division game. It's going to be dirty. It's going to be grimy. But I think Pittsburgh finds a way to squeak this one out. But, hey, you never know. Baker Mayfield and OBJ and Jarvis Landry, they could have another trick up their sleeve, and they could run some slick shit and, and steal one. But I got Pittsburgh keeping on going undefeated to 5-0. and Nice. I'm glad you feel that way because I got the Browns coming in <laughs> and getting this dub. Uh, uh, I like uh, I like that. I like this is the Miles Garrett game, baby. I mean, this game is going to be chippy. This is the TJ I mean, Watt game, baby. This this is the last, the last time these guys played Miles Garrett. You know, overhead shot, Mason Rudolph with a helmet. You're right. I so, I can't believe I forgot about that. And so you see, my man. I mean, Miles Garrett. It's like, he, you know, if he gets a hit on the quarterback, we're gonna walk and see what happens. You know, they're they're this is gonna be a nasty game up front with with Miles Garrett and the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think that Cleveland's gonna want it more. Um, and uh, their their offense is too is just too dynamic. So I I like the trick plays as well. I think Stefanski's he's got that kind of stuff dialed in. So I like to see some more trick plays, and ultimately I think that the the Cleveland Browns are going to come in here and get this dub and really put themselves on the map as far as the NFC North goes. All right. Well, you're outnumbered because Jacob uh, has got Pittsburgh in this game, so we will just have to wait and see what happens. But the next matchup we got is the Chicago Bears coming in at 4-1. and one. They're going to Carolina to take on the Panthers coming in at 3-2. and two. I got Chicago winning this game. Jacob has Chicago winning this game. I have Chicago winning this game because I think that Nick Foles and, well, let me start with the defense first because I think that Roquan Smith and Khalil Mack are going to have their way with a rookie head coach's defense and Matt Rule. And I just think that Chicago is having the year that nobody thought they would. They have big dick Nick Foles, who was the orchestrator and maestro of those dogs in Philadelphia when Carson Wentz went down. I got Chicago winning this game. So, Yeah, I got I got Chicago winning too. Actually, but both these teams are definitely playing better than I oh, think yeah, anybody for thought. Sure. For, you know, Especially Carolina being three and two without uh, without McCaffrey, that's that's super. No, Tyler. Tyler. Okay. Uh oh. I saw it this time. That's why I stopped talking. <laughs> I was like, oh, I think it's about to fade out. I don't know what's going on. Um. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think that's a great start, 3-2 and two for Carolina with the young coach, Matt Rohl. Um, so, they're, they're, I mean, that's pretty impressive. But, ultimately, I think the 4-1 Chicago Bears come in, get the get the job done. David Montgomery is going to be a good fantasy player this weekend. Uh, and and Nick Foles, you know, I think Nick Foles is going to look to really make, a, make another run in this league, which he has so many different times. <laughs> yep. All right, the next matchup we got is the Detroit Lions coming in at 1-3. and three. They're going down to Jacksonville to take on Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars, who are coming in at 1-4. and four. Jacob has the Jaguars. I have the Lions. Tyler, who do you have? 
I'm going Jaguars. Um, I think that, you know, obviously both these teams are struggling. Uh, but I think that just being at home, Gardner Minshew, James Robinson's playing playing nice. I like Jacksonville at home this week. I think I just think that with Detroit coming off the bye, they're rejuvenated. They they had a chance to look themselves in the mirror, really ask themselves what they want this season to be. I think that they have some talent around Matt Stafford. They brought in Adrian Peterson to be that lead back. He took the job from Carryon Johnson. So and, and I mean, and they brought in and they brought in uh, DeAndre Swift in the draft. Yep. Uh, you know, and they brought in T.J. Hawkinson in the draft last year. And they he's got, been solid on got, fantasy for us. Yeah, he's still got Kenny G. Um, I, I mean, I've always been a, a Stafford fan, but. You know, I don't know what it is. I, I don't necessarily like the play style. They have uh, Stafford running. I don't know if this is a great fit as far as scheme-wise, you know, with Patricia being more of a defensive. Yeah, I think Patricia's the really of... the problem in Detroit. Well, it's just not a good fit with Stafford. I think that uh, if you have a different type of quarterback, then you could build your – you know, if you're not paying a quarterback the money that they're paying Stafford, you can get all those positions that you need to run – Patricia's scheme you know you can pay some edge guys you can pay some corners you you know you could you can do those type of things but when they're they have all their money committed to a quarterback and then you're going to be a running team you know I think it financially handcuffs you with talent as well um so yeah I mean I, w- I wish that uh, I hope that you know a change is made in either play style or personnel but until then uh, I can't really go with Detroit so I'm going Jacksonville all right, the next matchup we got is the New York Jets coming in at 0-5. Obviously, they are coming off losing uh, Le'Veon Bell at their own discretion. It was their choice. They got rid of him. They couldn't find a good trade partner that was willing to give them assets that they were going to value, so they let him go instead. But the Jets continue to remain at the bottom of the barrel in the NFL at 0-5. They're going down to Miami to take on division opponent, the Miami Dolphins, coming in at 2-3. and three. Miami coming off the huge win over San Francisco. So I got to go with Miami in this one, continuing that momentum after the beatdown they put on the 49ers. Uh, it's, I mean, it's it's a no-brainer for me on this one with how much of a mess yeah. the, the Jets are. Yeah. No, I mean, Miami, man, they're, they've had some really good bright spots this season. Um and, you know, I've compared them uh, to to what the Seahawks were doing in, like, 2009, 2010, where, you know, they've, they've, got, they've got new people in charge. They're turning over this roster. They're getting new pieces. They're figuring out what, you know, their identity is. Um, but I, 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 I like the way Miami's just dominated that game against San Francisco. So I got to go with them against the struggling New York Jets. Yep, and uh, Jacob is also going with the Dolphins on this one. But before we move on to the next uh, four games, we got we got four left. I, I wanted to ask Tyler this question because I, I got an answer from my uncle who lives in Connecticut, so he gets New York Sports Talk Radio where he lives. Why do you think Adam Gase is still the head coach of the New York Jets? And I'll let you answer, and then I'll tell you what my uncle thinks. Man, I mean, this is tough because I think that it's 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 detrimental to a team to switch coaches in the middle of the year, no matter no matter who and or how bad it is. 
I mean, you switch coaches in a year, you're basically saying like this year's. I, I think ultimately you're saying this year's done for. We're scrapping and we're we're looking forward to next year. We're five games into the season, um, so I mean, ultimately I just think that the Jets are like we got to ride this ride this season out with Gates and then reevaluate at the end of the year. Yeah. So I, basically, what my uncle was saying was that everything that they're saying on sports talk radio in New York and and that area is that the only reason the jets haven't fired Adam Gase is because they don't think there are any worthy assistants that he has of the interim tag. Yeah. So they're just basically yeah. stuck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that's similar to how I feel. It's like, it, I mean, especially if you don't have someone to go to, it's just like, it's just so hard to fire a coach in the middle of the season and try to pretend like you're doing anything to win games for the rest of the year, you know? So, and it's like, at this point, you might as well just, just play it out, try to find some players and coaches that you like to move, move on with. Uh, and Adam Gase tries to coach his way into his next job. So, I mean, I really just think the Jets are going to use Gase because he's all they got right now. And Gase is going to use the Jets to try and get a new job. And then, you know, maybe the Jets are in the running for, for the Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Maybe I mean that that might be the plan all along for the Jets, but we'll, we'll, well just they got they got two they got they got two first round draft picks this year. You know they got yeah. Seattle's draft pick as well. So, all right, let's uh let's move on. Let's finish out our picks of the week. We got four left. The next one we got is the number three team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the Green Bay Packers, coming in undefeated. They're going to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers, coming in at three and two. The Packers are coming off the bye, but like Tyler said in the power rankings, Aaron Rodgers is on a tear. Now he's got to go up against Tom Brady. Obviously, they don't go up against each other. They play the defenses, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, I think this is going to be a really fun game. I think both quarterbacks are going to come in extra motivated. I think, obviously, they both know where they stand in the history of quarterback rankings, so I think they're going to be looking to put on a show. But ultimately, I think the the Green Bay Packers come away with the victory. I think Devontae Adams is going to be coming back this week, so it's yeah, it's looking good for them. I got Tampa Bay. I'm rolling with Tom Brady uh, and Green Bay getting their first loss in Tampa. Um, I just I, you know I think this Tampa Bay team, like I've said every week, they're just every week they're going to figure something out that they don't do well and something they do do well, and it's going to be constant tweaks. Um, throughout the year, they've added some injuries that have, you know, forced guys and, you know, O.J. Howard being out. Now they do need to rely on Gronk and then a little more than they wanted to get Cameron Braid in there as a pass catcher. Um, but I, I like Tampa Bay. I think that their game plan is going to be like keep Aaron off the keep Aaron off the field, um, which I think is how you beat Aaron Rodgers. So the yes. run game and all that, you know, I think that, that Tampa Bay runs the ball and keeps – keeps Aaron off the field and they get the dub. All right. Uh, well, Jacob is also on the Packers, so you're outnumbered once again, Tyler, uh, two to one on that game. But it'll it'll be probably if, – if all goes well, I think that's the game of the week. Well, I mean, you can edit it. Nico's here, Clark. <laughs> oh, Nico. What up? What up, Pimp? How you doing, bro? I'm good. Who you got? Who you got in this uh, Green Bay Packers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady matchup? Bucks, Brady, 
Is Mike Evans playing? I don't think so, huh? I don't know. Is his ankle okay? Tyler, do you know? Um, I don't think he was practicing as of, as of right now. He hasn't been practicing. But Chris Goblin, I think, was limited practice yesterday. So, it's going to be the run game. Yeah. All righty. Nico, well, what's your, what's your uh, thoughts on the Lakers? So that's a that's another championship. That's another that's another uh, step in the right direction for Bron's legacy. All the boys get rings. No asterisks by it because we beat all the good teams. Clippers suck. Vogel's <laughs> the man. You know what it is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The real the real LA. They did it for Kobe and Gigi. They're gonna they're gonna put some uh, some kind of. Memorial on the on the championship rings or something. I'm sure for them. That'd be sick. They got to. All right, big guy. Well, we appreciate you coming on real quick for us. No, what up? All right. All right, Tyler. The Sunday night matchup. I'm I'm, I'm recording live from Riot's bedroom. So. Oh yes. <laughs> yes, we gotta get we gotta get Riot on. Tell him tell him I said what up. Oh well. All right, let's uh let's finish this out real quick so you can get back to your family. Uh yep. the LA Rams going up to San Francisco to play the 49ers for the Sunday night matchup. The Rams coming off a dominant defensive performance over the Washington Redskins. The 49ers coming off a mess of a game against the Miami Dolphins where they got their asses whooped. Uh I got the Rams obviously winning this game and keeping pace with the or trying to keep pace with the Seahawks as, as the Hawks are on a bye this week for the NFC West. Uh, uh, I just, with San Francisco's injuries and everything going on at quarterback, I mean, I can't trust the Niners anymore. And it's really crazy that they were in the Super Bowl last year and now we see what they're at now. And it's it's very interesting to see the parallels between them and the Rams and in the Super Bowl one year and then the complete opposite the next. Yeah. And I know it's different scenarios with San Francisco being injured and, and the Rams kind of going through a, yeah. a transition period it's, after, after the Super Bowl, it's, but it's really not though, man. It's hard. It's, it's, it's all about, it's all about salary and manage, managing, you know, managing the cap. You got to let, you got to let people walk. I mean, Seattle went through the same thing after they went through to a couple of Super Bowls. You know the Rams, they they went through their thing. It's like you got to start picking who you're going to pay. You know the the San Francisco 49ers, they lost Emmanuel Sanders, they lost DeForest Buckner. You know what I mean? They, now that you add on a couple injuries, and all of a sudden this is a completely different team. Um, but I, you know, I think the San Francisco team at this point right now is a bad football team. You know, yeah. it, it is crazy to see after uh, a Super Bowl, but. You know, the Rams parallel is very, very similar. Um, so it's like it's not necessarily, you know, the worst thing ever for the franchise. I think they'll be okay in the long run. But this year they're going to have to take the back seat in the NFC West, just like, you know, the Rams and the Seahawks had to do, you know, years back. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I got the Rams winning this this one easy. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it, if, uh, if all my picks go right, um, you know, the NFC will be looking at three five-win teams. That's always a good sign for me. Yep. So, uh, all right, Jacob had the Packers in the game before this, and then he has the Rams for this game. Now, Monday night, there's two games. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills are the first game. This game got moved to Monday night because the Bills played on Tuesday. 
this week, and that's why there's no Thursday night game this week. So we got two Monday night games again this week. Uh, the first one, number one team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, Kansas City Chiefs coming in at 4-1. and one. They're going to Buffalo to take on the Bills coming in at 4-1. and one. They're the number seven team in the TSK Show Power Rankings. I'm not sure if Le'Veon Bell plays this week, but either way, I'm going with Kansas City in this game. Uh, I know they've looked human, but I think Buffalo losing to Tennessee and them having to play on Tuesday and then now playing on Monday, just the whole being out of routine thing, I yeah, think really yeah, has an effect. Are very routine driven. Yeah, yeah so I think that's going to have a big effect deal. on it. Yeah, this is a this is a tough game for Le'Veon to come back in. So I I like to, I think that we see him in sweats and a hoodie on the sideline. Yeah, for this game, uh, they're just I mean that would be really impressive. And he's he's a smart guy, so you know if anyone could do it, it'd be Le'Veon. But uh, ultimately, I think Kansas City uh, wins this game without Buffalo. They have looked human, so and I definitely think that this Buffalo team is someone that has the ability to beat the Chiefs if if anyone does. Uh, just because purely of their defense and their style of offense, holding on to the ball. Uh, but I like Kansas City to win this game. Kansas City showed signs of being human last year early on. Uh, and they really hit their stride in those back couple months. So, uh, you know, Kansas City can lose this game, but I think that they're going to ultimately win a close one. Yep. All right. And then the last game is the Arizona Cardinals going to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. The Cardinals coming in at 3-2. and two. The Cowboys coming in at two and three. Jacob has the Cardinals winning this game. I have the Cardinals winning this game. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, this game's tough to this game was tough to pick because I think there's gonna be a lot of emotions going on with Dallas. They're gonna to wanna to play, you know, well for Dak. Um, such a heartbreaking loss in that locker room for that guy. Such a good dude. Um but I think the Arizona is, is hot right now, and they don't care, you know, how Dallas feels. So uh, I think that ultimately Arizona is going to come out here and win this game because Dallas is going to be new quarterback, uh, fighting fighting emotions without their leader on the field. Uh, just a little bit too much to overcome, I think, this week. So I, I like Arizona. Yeah, and just real quick on Dak Prescott, I mean, just a absolutely – devastating injury and just a, a way to end a season and obviously the the contract implications and him being franchise tagged this year and not having that long term this is, this is exactly why the franchise tag is bullshit you know yeah this, this, i mean that man lost nine digits i mean he lost 100 100 million dollars uh getting carted off that field i think he goes from a 200 million dollar player to now maybe a 60 million dollar player um, so that's that that was that's heartbreaking for anyone to go through. Uh purely because I think Dak bet on himself. I'm not a big Dak fan as far as the football player. But you gotta I respect the of, move. I am I am a fan of the person he is and I'm a fan of someone betting on themselves yep. uh to to produce and get that contract. Unfortunately, like he's never gonna get the money he deserves. Um it's a sad story. I've seen it happen so many times. Um but he's young, so hopefully he can he can make it up with longevity. But this is just yeah, heartbreaking. Yep. But uh, all right, uh, the four teams on by this week: it's the Las Vegas Raiders, the number six team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the New Orleans Saints, the Los Angeles Chargers, and then 
the number two team in the TSK show power rankings, Tyler's Seattle Seahawks. Uh, we kind of touched on the Seahawks game uh, at the start of the episode. Uh, the Chargers suffered another devastating loss uh, by single digits uh, in overtime to the Saints. And the Saints got a, a, a much needed victory to, to get their season kind of back on track uh, over the Chargers. And then the Raiders still uh, surprising everybody and getting a well-deserved week off. So uh, you got you got any thoughts on on the bye week teams real quick? Uh, Chargers are moving in the right direction. I know they're 0-4 with Herbert, but they're playing competitive in all four of those games. So they're, you know, they're a handful away. They're a handful of plays away from a couple wins. Uh, New Orleans, like you said, that was a must needed win for them to get back on the, on track. And then the, the Vegas Raiders, I think, are going to play outside of their talent level all year or above their talent level all year because they have the fearless leader, John Gruden, one of the best coaches in the NFL. Yep. All right. You got a, you got any shout-outs before you get out of here? Um, I forgot to – nope, I'm good. I, I did do it last week. Never mind. I was going to shout-out to Seattle Storm. for the Oh, yeah, no, you did it last year, week. I think I did it last week, but I've been I've, I've been paranoid to get that in there. <laughs> no, you got it last week. I, I definitely remember that. Um, my shout out again, obviously the Los Angeles Lakers, seventeen-time NBA champions. It's the first one in ten years. It was the most excruciating ten years of my life as a sports fan and as a Lakers fan. And I shed re- real tears Sunday night, Tyler, when they won. Yeah. And uh, well. What were you saying? No, no, keep going. No, I was just, I was just gonna ask if you saw my Instagram video of me popping bottles when, uh, yeah, no, when I got home. That's how you got to do it, baby. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what we did when the Seahawks won the Super Bowl. So I, I, uh, I know where you're, I know where you're at. Um, but I do, I guess uh, we should shout out uh, the homie Ryan Seacrest. Oh yeah, I. Uh, you got to put, you got to plug his show, his station. Yes. Uh, Ryan Seacrest, I was on 102.7 KISS FM, uh, his morning show here in L.A., uh, talking about sports superstitions, and he plugged the Sports Kingdom show. And you know what? I'll add the audio to the end of this episode so whoever makes it to the end can listen to it uh, and hear what uh, hear Ryan Seacrest plug in the Sports Kingdom show on the L.A. radio airwaves. Uh, and then... Oh, yeah. Real quick, uh, just got to also shout out the Dodgers for having a historic game yesterday. They scored the most runs in an inning of a postseason game ever. They scored 11 runs in the first inning of the game yesterday, and they well, needed it. They were, they were coming off of a, a crazy – like they came just short of a huge comeback just the night before, too. So it's like, man, those those last, like, what, three or four innings they played, if you count the last couple from the game before – yeah. And that first hit, just an offensive explosion. Yeah, no, the bats really woke up and and they needed it. So they're they're currently down two to one in the series in the NLCS against the Atlanta Braves. They're going to be looking to tie the the series up at two to two uh, in just about a half an hour, actually. So and Kershaw's uh, and Kershaw's rolling, right? Yeah, Kershaw is pitching tonight as of uh, right now, barring a late scratch. He was supposed to pitch game two. But he had back spasms that morning. But uh, all right, uh, let's get out of here. Don't forget, this episode of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by Campus Point Coffee. 
support us, support a company that makes probably the best coffee ever and is trying to help save the beaches just by entering promo code TSK show at checkout. That's promo code TSK show for 15% off your purchase at campuspointcoffee.com. With that, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pachalki, and at Jacob Double Underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace. Eric Sklar. Now, Eric Sklar, he works at our sister station. This is like the sister station that's serious, you know, the one, the news one. He works at <laughs> KFI AM 640, host of the Sports Kingdom podcast on iHeartRadio. And we're talking about sports superstitions. This guy has uh, superstitions. Matter of fact, Mark just said, dude's a freak. So uh, we're going to put him in right now. <laughs> In the best possible way. Yeah, I meant it as a comment, but he's like, dude's a freak. Mm -hmm. That's what I heard from our producer. Eric, uh, good morning. Coming to us from Tarzana, member of our KFI sister station. How are you, man? Good. How are you, Ryan? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. So your job at the real serious news station that we have in the company is to do what? Uh, I'm just, I'm the board up and technical producer. So uh, I run the control board, make sure we get all the guests lined up that we got for the show. Uh, all the all the technical stuff, really. Yeah, but that's not a just job. That's like the real bones of the show. <laughs> yeah, like without you, there's nothing. Yeah. Without you, nothing goes out on the air. And I remember before I was allowed to even go on the air, my only job was to press the buttons on the board. That's all they let me Same. do. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's quite the responsibility. It's it's live pressure like I've never felt before. It's it's kind of cool. Well, not to add to the pressure, but we want to know exactly what some of your superstitions are. We were talking about this earlier, how uh, some people believe that the things they do, the clothes they wear, the shoes they put on can drive a team to victory. What's your view on that, Eric? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very superstitious. When I was playing sports in high school, I would always have to listen to music before a game. Uh, when I'm watching games as a fan. I'm always wearing, like, uh, a jersey or a hat. Uh, I got, like, a lucky Kobe jersey that I wear for Laker games. I got a hat that I always wear. And then when I'm watching the games, I I have to sit in a specific spot on my couch. Now, that's – like, that, Come okay, on. Everything else is fine. That's a little bizarre. <laughs> the, the, you, it's, Eric, it's, listen, I mean, I, look, you're clearly, uh, you're clearly qualified, so – <laughs> but to think that you could sit on the couch and drive a team to a victory or a loss, that's concerning. It's it's something about the vibe because, like, let's say, let's say they're doing bad while I'm sitting in this spot on the couch. I'll have to move spots to switch up the vibe, and, and usually that'll help. That'll that'll shift the momentum. It's in your own head. Interesting. Funny. Now, Sunday yeah, night. In, in my own head. Eric Scar's Instagram, he was out in his driveway popping bottles after the Lakers' victory. It looked like you were having a good time nice. yourself. Uh, yeah, it was it was quite quite the night Sunday night. I, I actually was working and running the board for KFI Sunday night while the game was going, so I, I had a tamer celebration in the studio, but once I got home, I, I definitely let loose. Whose show do you run? Like, what board are you running? What time, what day? 
So I do the weekend nights for Mr. Mo Kelly and Brian Suits, the Dark Secret Place and Super Hyper Local Sunday nights. And then I'm a fill-in for the weekday shows. So I fill in on the Bill Handel Morning Show, Gary and Shannon, John and Ken, and Tim Conway Jr. whenever they need me to. All right. Well, not not to ask for it, but I will. I mean, we've had Matt Money on uh, this week. I've had you... I, I've had more KFI publicity than any other place in the universe, and so I expect to hear right. some kiss. I expect to hear some kiss love on KFI uh, during exactly. one of those shows. All right. Yes. Quick I pro would definitely quo. Give you a shout out, Ryan. Quick yes, I got quo. you. I got you. We had, and, we had Chris and Carlo on as well. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Money's on the <laughs> other station, but anyway, we need love on the news stations. That's the point. Uh, I got you guys. I got you. Eric, every night I sit on my couch, I will move thinking about you. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. All right. Bye. Listen, bye. Make, making ins with all these. These guys have real jobs, serious jobs at the sports news station and the news station. Let's hear some kiss love over there.